All right, everybody. Welcome back to Casual Nonsense. Uh, I'm your host, Mark. Uh, while you're hanging out with us here today, you know, check out the like, follow, share, any kind of social media. Uh, you know, whatever's easier for you. Listen, today, I got this. Uh, I got a cool fellow with me today. Uh, I got Mr. Glenn Gardone. Is it Gardone or Gardoni? You know what? When we came over on the boat many, many years ago, I'm first generation. <laughs> uh, it was actually Gardone. But uh, when we got here, we were American, and so we're Gardone. Gardone. All right. Cool. Well, welcome, brother. I appreciate having you. Thank you. Uh, for those for those who don't know who you are, man, you are the. Uh, I'm just going to call you the boss for now of uh, of Red Chocolate, <laughs> right? And we're going to get into what that means. Um, you can call me Willy Wonka too, brother. I, I've been called a lot of things, so whatever you want to call me, you can call me. Like I say, call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. That's all I ask. But hey, <laughs> so do you have a uh, like a castle in a warehouse somewhere with scratch and sniff wallpaper and glass elevators? Um, yeah, but I had that before I started the chocolate company. That was a whole different story, and I don't think that's the kind of podcast you want to have today. But uh, you know, we—it's um, funny. I—I'm uh, I, from a small town called Stanford, Connecticut, and uh, back in the day when I was there, I moved when I was eighteen and moved around the world. But uh, actually, um, Gene Wilder who played the original Willy Wonka, was actually from my hometown. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, all these years later, here I am running a chocolate company, and I happen to be talking to a couple of folks, and they said, hey, you're like Willy Wonka. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it, man, because Gene Wilder was a pretty cool cat, man. So, absolutely. you know, so do I have uh, – I don't have – I have wallpaper, and I lick it. There's no flavor to it. I just like licking the <laughs> wallpaper. So, But, again, we can go down that path whenever you want. Well, we all have bad habits, I suppose. Right? You know, if that's the worst one oh, for me, man. I'm going to be okay, I think. You got some 60s and 70s flashbacks? Hey. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> brother. Nice. Uh, so uh, what's the over-under on the number of Oompa Loompas you get working in your company? Uh, <laughs> do you count me? Because if you count me, there'd be uh, like five. But if you don't count me, I'm going to say it's probably four. <laughs> and, and on a good day, you know, you come, a rough Monday, there's probably like seven. That's perfect. That's awesome, man. Uh, all right, so listen, you're from Connecticut. Uh, I can appreciate that because uh, I am from Massachusetts, right? Uh, but this poses the question for me, though. Uh, you Sox or Yankees? So, you know, the Sox were, you know, they, they were a billion miles away from us, man. So I grew up a Yankees-Mets fan. Uh, you know, we used to go into the Bronx, you know. I come from a, a very, very, very blue-collar background. So going to a baseball game was like, you know, going to Disney World. You know, the, the farthest east, west, or south I ever went to was a town called Ride, New York, because they had, a, they had something called Playland. Which is still there, uh, you know, and I, you know, that was like our big summer. Uh, so I would, I remember going to a Yankees game uh, in the old stadium, and of course, you know, upper upper decks, and uh, we, um, I remember ha- trying to stand up, and it, and it vertigo hits. You know, the stadiums today are a lot different than they were when I grew up, man. You know, oh, yeah. you want to hear a quick story? This is a great story. This is the difference. In, I call this my generational story. So, again, you know, I, I got a chance to go to a couple of games. Always loved it. Always walking in with my glove, hoping to get a foul ball. You know, nothing. Right. But always, you know, I was that kid, man. Loved baseball yeah, growing up, played baseball throughout, you know, for as long as I can remember. And uh, so. You know, fast forward, I'm married to an amazing woman. I have two wonderful boys, right? They're older now, but they were both young kids. And we're here uh, in Pennsylvania. So 
through people I knew and due to my company and blah, 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 you know, we'd get the tickets. And when it's people, you know, or it's company tickets, these are nice tickets, man. You know, you're not upper decks. You're, you know, seven rows from the dugout. You're going to look at them and bat and practice, you know, the cool stuff. And so we did all that. And, uh, you know, my boys probably went to, you know, a half a dozen baseball games that way. You know, back then I was, uh, I worked for Kellogg. So we were sponsors on concerts. So if we went to a concert, we'd go backstage, you know, all, all the, you know, all the fun stuff, you get, all the tchotchkes. Totally, totally uh, spoiled at this point, right? Like they can never go to a regular game. Exactly. No, 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 exactly. And so what's funny is, you know, one day, you know, I'm sitting there with my wife, I'm like, let's go to a game. And she's like, yeah, that sounds fun. So I actually, uh, you know, go get tickets. Now it's me buying the tickets, right? So when it's my cash, guess what? We are upper decks. So I remember taking yeah. the boys and my youngest looks at me and goes, what are we doing here? I said, what do you mean? Well, why aren't we down there? I said, because <laughs> dad bought these tickets, man. You're, you're going to be with the rest yeah. of us now. So he got a, he got a feeling to know what it's like to be, you know, a, a foot away from some amazing Philly greats. And he also knows what it's like to be so far away. You need binoculars to, you know, see uh, the uh, center fielder. So oh, yeah. that's the generation. <laughs> That's the way. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Uh, the company I work for has uh, we have a luxury box for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Nice. So I get to we get to go to that game. I, I get to go to uh, I, I'm spoiled. I got it's an embarrassment of riches sometimes because uh, if uh, you've definitely been in luxury boxes. Right. But they got the food and they got drink and you're hanging out. So I've taken my wife in there and then sometimes they'll say, hey, we got some lower seats. You know, you might be 10 rows from the ice for a hockey game. Nice. And she's like, uh, well, why don't you go with somebody else? Uh, there's no private bathroom down there, and there's no food. <laughs> like, you you got it, honey. You know, <laughs> boys, night out. Exactly. You know, and, and the fact is, you know, it, it, I always tell people if there's ever an opportunity to to live like the rich, you know, take it. Take it for one night, man. When you get those amazing seats, mm. or you get to go in a suite, you know. I again, I, I worked in corporate America when uh, you know when I first started out, and I was on the quote unquote corporate jet. You know, and there's nothing like it. You know, you you pull in, and you know the rental cars are sitting there waiting, you know, for you, and they roll out a little carpet, and there's no you know TSA. Oh, it was real nice. So you know, now wow. now, now my my tushy is on you know the latest American Airlines or Delta flight that goes around. So that was a long time ago, but it was fun to have as a memory. Exactly. No more sexy uh, hostess on the private plane, right? No Tony Stark. You know what? (laughs) Definitely. And it was never with with them at Kellogg. It was never really Tony Stark. It was more like uh, Tony the Tiger, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, There was, there was um, the, uh, the flight attendant was actually usually the, um, uh, the the highest ranking official. So it was really nice to, you know, when, uh, you know, your boss's boss's boss would come to you and say, would you like something to drink? And your boss would look at you like, if you say yes, I'm going to choke you. So you'd be like, no, no, I don't need anything. I'm good. Thank you anyway. And you'd sit there quietly in the corner and just be thrilled that you were on the plane. Yeah, happy to be there. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah, I, I think those are those are some good luxuries of life that, if you, like you said, if you have an opportunity, uh, those are fantastic. Uh, so, all right. So you, uh, you got a finance degree. That's how you started in this world. right? You know what? So I went to, I went to college and got a finance degree. Uh, first, first person in my, uh, my family to go to college. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to the first Gardone, first Gardone. Exactly. And, um, I, uh, I graduated degree in finance and I never used it. 
I guess is the best way to put it. So I'm one of those folks. That, even now? You know what? Even now you don't have repercussions of this? So the thing of it is, you know, I've been able to read a P&L upside down since I was probably, you know, 22 years old. I think uh, my mom, God rest her soul. Uh, I think one of the most impressive things that I've ever been able to do in front of her was read to my boys when they were young. Uh, and I could read the book upside down. And she was just amazed that I could read, you know, upside down. And I told her, I said, you know what, you know, it, it's my job. And so, you know, and I say it's my job because I've been in sales and it's always important to be able to read what's on the buyer's desk, you know, to understand what they're looking at and so on and so forth. So do I use my degree in finance? Absolutely. I do now, but I never had that quote unquote finance role. You know, I've been in marketing, I've been in sales, I've been in supply chain. You know, I'm glad I went. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad I went and, and it helped me. But it, Mark, I'm one of those guys, you know, so like I was saying, I got two boys. I, I'm fortunate and they are fortunate that they found their passions early in life and they're running with it and they're running hard and they're loving life and they're, they're doing what they want to do, which is great as a father. That's what you want to see. But um, me personally, I, I, I went through the first half of my career having no clue what it was I wanted to do, but I wanted to take the journey because I knew that at some point I'd figure it out. And it probably was in my 40s when I finally figured out what it is I wanted to do, when it finally clicked. So, you know, my finance degree, I'm glad I have it. It wasn't like I went into the finance field. You know, I began graduating in the 80s, you know, back read is good, so on and so forth kind of situation. Gordon Gecko, you know, I, I thought I'd be the... Uh, I was just going to say that. I'm like, oh, you're quoting, you're quoting the movie now. Like, there we go. Exactly, man. Perfect. You know, and, you know, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street, whatever you want to call it. I always thought, you know, hey, I, I didn't up there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I chose a different path, a different journey. And, I'm, you know, I'm happy with what I did, too. So we all have our own personal journeys. So, so I know you jumped around to a couple different, you know, corporate America life or whatever. Like, so you know, we talked about that a little like offline or whatever, but so let me ask you this. So uh, what led you to, to, to red chocolate, right? So this is uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I was trying to do some research on it, but you know, I half ass. So uh, it's a European company, yes, right. That you got involved with. So how, how did that happen? Do you just love chocolate or they just, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a combination of things. So to answer your question, yeah, I am an unapologetic chocoholic. Absolutely. But I'm also a type two diabetic. So chocolate is my nemesis. Okay. So I can't eat chocolate like others eat chocolate. And uh, if you've ever had chocolate that is conducive to folks like myself, you'd rather eat the wrapper it came in because it's horrendous. Right. And so you know, the last 15 years or so, I've been in what for lack of a better phrase, how people understand it, private equity. So I've either led teams or been part of teams that have been able to grow companies, then you sell them off to larger companies who can do a whole lot more than you can. And uh, throughout, again, fortunate for myself, for my career, I've traveled all over the world. And uh, while I was in Europe, I actually found red chocolate as a brand, I founded it, uh, you know, a company called WH Smith. Uh, they're the travel uh, company for Europe and uh, globally. And I have when you say you found it, like you, you, you like walked into the store, you just started eating. I walked into the store okay. and I went, Oh, no sugar added. This is interesting. And it's made in Europe. And I looked at the ingredients and it's non GMO, you know, and I was like, All right, man. And it's gluten free, which is good. And they don't use palm oils because palm oils kill my stomach. So I was like, All right, you know what? Let me try this. And I tried it and fell in love with it, man. So, uh, 
you know, every time I'd go to Europe, I'd buy out what was ever in the store. I'd buy the 10 bars that were there, the 12 bars that were there. And it just, I just fell in love with it. And I was eating it, you know, all good. You know, it's just, you find something you like, you stick with it. Um, that's me. That's my life. And uh, so I was uh, with an organization and we sold it. And uh, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I told you, you know, journeys, man, it's amazing. You know, coincidence, spiritual, you know, uh, religious, whatever you want to call it, brother, yeah. whatever your term is. But, uh, you know, there, there is something bigger than me in this world. I know there is. And um, so we sell the company. All is good. I'm really not sure what the heck I'm going to do, brother. I'm flying 200,000 miles a year. You know what I mean? So I am on a plane constantly. I'm going somewhere constantly. And I remember, you know, people say, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, I'm not lucky. I get on a plane. Yeah, no, that's not lucky. I get picked up no. by a cab. I stay in a hotel room. I get in a cab. I go to meetings. It's not like I'm there to party or have fun or I got my family with me. You know what I mean? It's all business. So, yeah. you know, it, it sucks to be honest with you. But uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I actually got a call from, so Red is owned by two families, both master chocolate makers. And I got a call from one of the families saying, hey, you know, we're thinking about coming to the U.S. and, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we, your name's popped up a whole bunch. You know, would you mind meeting with us? And I was like, yeah, no problem. I thought it would be cool. Is that because uh, were they going through receipts? And they said, oh, it looks like every time you hear, you buy all of our checks. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, we don't know job. who the hell you are, but we got a lot of credit card receipts from you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so wh what was funny was, you know, again, knowing Red, and I was like, yeah, I'll meet with you. So we, I actually drove up to New York City. It was like two months later. And drove to New York, and I met with the families. We were in a four-hour meeting. I spent three and a half hours in the meeting explaining to him why they didn't want to come to the U.S. Because I said, you know what, guys, you've got an amazing company. you got great products, you know, but uh, don't hurt yourself. I've seen wonderful companies go bankrupt, you know, because everybody from around the world looks at the U.S. consumer and goes, oh, my God, dollar signs, you know, because we buy a lot of product. Bunch of suckers in the U.S. They'll spend money on anything. Yeah, They'll buy something fantastic. once, and if they like it, they're going to buy it 400 times. So yep, you know, Even if you don't need it. Exactly. And so, you know, it's funny. We um, So at the end of when I finished, they, the person who was going to become my boss said, hey, uh, are you done? I'm like, yeah, I'm done. And they said, so when do you want to start? And I started laughing. I said, you guys are either crazy or you know something I don't. And either way, this could be fun. So if you're serious, yeah, let's do it. So I uh, invested in the company. Uh, and I brought it to the U.S. about three years ago. And so that's really how I got involved with Red because I, I knew the brand. I liked the brand. You know, I, I've sold the widgets in my life, man. I've shipped the widgets in my life. You know what? And I was employed 10,604. And there ain't nothing wrong with it. But it just wasn't for me anymore, man. And I'm at a point in my life where, you know, luckily I could pay my rent. So I don't have to worry about it. You know, I mean, I could choose what I want to do. And so, uh, you know, it was just, it was one of those things where, again, you know, the stars, kismet, karma, whatever you want to call it, it all lined up. And I, I took six months to, quote unquote, Americanize the company and uh, get it ready here for the U.S. and put a supply chain team together and, you know, a marketing and a sales group. And we decided, you know what, we're going to do this. So we opened our doors five months before the pandemic hit. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's funny. We um, so we we launched the pro we launched the products here in the U.S. and uh, I was over in Germany. There's a big candy show in Germany, so I was over there for the show, uh, meeting with folks, and you know we had a booth and all. And it's funny because I saw all these signs. You know, I'm Vietnamese, not Chinese. I'm Japanese, not Chinese. 
dude, I've been doing this for 30 years, brother. I've never seen signs like that. I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I had no idea why they were saying that. And so my wife actually came out because we want to spend a little time because I, I don't get a lot of vacations because I was working so hard. And um, so we're going to spend a couple of days, you know, and bounce around in Germany and go over to Holland and stuff just to check it out, man. We had never, ever yeah. done anything like that. You know, our, our trips were, you know, going to, uh, you know, Universal Studios, going to Legoland, staying in the backyard in the summer, those kind of things, man, like the way I grew up with staying in the backyard. And so we decided, uh, you know, let's check it out. So my wife comes in and she's like, hey, man, there's there's some kind of flu going around. I'm like, who, who cares? There's always a flu going around. Right. <laughs> What's the difference, right? Not having a clue what it was. And, um, you know, so we were bouncing around and we were in Holland and uh, they got, I got the, uh, the news on and they're talking about how, you know, all this crazy stuff and they're going to close down borders. And I looked at my wife and I went, we better get the F home, man. I was like, something yeah. is going on here. And so we got home about four days before the entire world just literally shut down. Literally shut down, brother. And I remember we were in a, um, we were in a BJ's. And, um, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, we were walking around and I always, whenever I'm in BJ's, I like to look at my products and so on and so forth. And so, um, we, uh, you know, we're walking around and we're talking about how, yeah, man, it seems like it's pretty crazy. And, and we turn the corner to the towel, the paper towel and toilet paper aisle. It looked like Gone. pandemonium. There were people yeah. diving over carts. And I looked at my <laughs> wife and said, does this thing give you the poops? You know, what, what's the story about right. this? What, what, what do I know? What don't I know? Then all of a sudden I got to come with a free bowl of soup. Exactly, brother. Same. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, so it was just, it was all new to me, but you know what? And, and it's funny to, to finish up on the story. So stuff happens, everything gets shut down, brother. And, you know, I was nervous, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I've, I've done a lot in my career, but I've never had a global pandemic. I don't, you know, I've checked a lot of boxes off, brother, but I just, you know, I didn't yeah. know what was happening. And so we're probably like five days in it. And of course, the office is shut down. I got nobody coming in because you're hearing all these different stories, man. And I got to worry about safety, brother. Safety first, chocolate yeah. second, yeah. man. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and believe me, red chocolate is like one of my kids at this point. But, you know, safety of, of my of my team. So I'm sitting at the house and I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen next. And, you know, it's everything's at a lockdown. Everything's at a standstill. And I get a call from uh, my head of supply chain. She's been with me now. It's got to be like 12, 13 years. And she says, hey, man, I just want to let you know we're going into the office. I was like, well, what are you talking about? You're going to office? She goes, we got to ship product. I was like, well, look, we don't know what's going on. She's like, don't worry about it. We'll take the precautions. I said, well, I'm going to come in too. I said, because I, I got to make sure everything's okay. And, you know, it was slow because we didn't know what we were doing or how to do it. We, we just knew we were supposed to stay away from each other. So, you know, we're screaming yeah. at each other through walls. You know what I mean? But I was like, <laughs> hey, man, until we know what the hell is going on, this is what we got to do. And it's funny. We were doing that for probably four or five days. And then uh, I get a call from my head of marketing. And she goes, hey, I heard you guys are in the office. I'm like, yeah, but don't worry about it. You know, and I explained the situation. And she said, no, I'm coming in. My team, I talked to my team. We all want to come in. We can help. And at that point, brother, wow. I said to myself, you know what? I got a team that 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 wants to be together. And it's funny because, you know, I, I talk to folks about how to build culture and that kind of stuff. And I tell them, you want to know what your culture is like? Put down all the books. Put down everything, okay? Take your entire team to dinner or bring pizzas in, whatever it is, right? Bring it in, set it down, and step back. 
If you see your entire team sitting around for an hour talking and talking about their personal lives and business and just interacting with each other, you've got an amazing culture. If you see everybody grab a slice of pizza and run to the opposite side of the building, you ain't got no culture. Yeah, is it an eighth grade dance where the boys are on one side and the girls are on the other? Exactly, right? man. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, so it's it's been a wild ride, but you know, it's been amazing. Now, you know, you fast forward three years later, we're in twelve thousand store doors across the country. We're the number one chocolate sold on the home shopping network. Like I said, BJ's has been a phenomenal partner of ours. So it, it's been an amazing ride. And you know, like I was telling you earlier, when I when I figured uh, what my passion was. My passion isn't the business side. It's actually the personal side. I love mm-hmm. watching people grow. I love helping people, you know, and I just, I really enjoy the opportunity to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to sit here and we call it Motagam in uh, Italian, which is, uh, you know, kind of uh, slang Italian, I guess the best way, which means, you know, you know, you're that miserable, you know, sweet, kind, sappy, you know, that's not what I'm talking here, man. It's just that, you know, when, when I get a chance to be able to, to help a person, why not do it, brother? Why not do it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's almost like, um, I don't want to say you're paying it forward, but by setting a good culture, you know, what's going to happen is that you have, uh, how much staff do you say you have? You got 20, 30 people working for you? So here in this office, we've got about 40 people. Uh, In the entire organization, we've got several hundred. So, all right. So at some point, people that come in contact with you know what you're about. They know what culture you bring to to Red Chocolate USA, right? That's that's what we separate out, right? Um, Someone, someone in your group, at least one person is going to eventually at some point in their life, they're going to, they're going to follow your path. They're going to, they're going to have a side hustle of their own. They're going to go in the business of their own and they're going to set the culture the way that you set the culture, because that's what they know. They know how to have a good cultured company because that's what you taught them. And I think that's pretty cool too, because you might be long gone before this happens. You'll be retired and you'll be traveling around in different places or whatever, but you know, you got little Jimmy who's working in the storeroom right now, uh, you know, eating his pizza, talking to people, right? 20 years from now, he's starting some company or doing something and he's the boss and he is, uh, he's doing the same thing you're doing. And he's going to look back and someone's going to ask him, hey, man, how did you do this? And he's like, oh, Glenn, man, Glenn was the best boss I worked for. And you know what? And you'll never know he's saying that, right. but but you are you are in you are you are deep into his head you know what brother and, and i and i hope so i hope that uh i could be a positive influence on, on on jimmy in the stock room i really do because you know what in the end brother and i tell people all the time you know when when your eyeballs deep in it at that moment it may seem like you know the the, the everything is caving in around you i hate to break news to you in 5 years you're not even going to remember it you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I remember, you know, I sit back now and I think about some of the stuff, you know, that I've done throughout my career. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get a chance to work again. They're going to fire me. They're going to figure out blah, blah, blah. And none of it made a friggin' difference, man. And none of it made a difference because in the end, you know, it's funny. I, I've been fortunate. I've had a bunch of mentors and um, I shouldn't say a bunch. I've had three mentors in my life. And while I was at Kellogg, I had a really good mentor. He'd been in the company a long time. And he sat me down because, you know, I was a young gun, you know, running hard, always wanted to be number one. You know, I was I was that idiot. Um, And so, uh, you know, I remember him sitting, he sat me down. He said, Glenn, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah, what's that? He said, how long has Kellogg been, was Kellogg around before you joined us? I said, probably 100 years. He said, yeah. 
He said, how long do you think Kellogg will be around after you leave us? And I started laughing. I said, ah, probably 100 years. He said, yeah, that's right. So remember, you're not that important. Okay? Right. You know, <laughs> be part of the team. Don't run over people. Don't, you know, I know you want it on Tuesday, but if it's going to take them till Wednesday, figure out how to get it done on Thursday. Because it's not all about yeah. you. You know what I mean? And, you know, I had a very myopic view. I wanted to win, 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 and, and win at all costs. And, you know, luckily, you know, he grabbed me by the uh, by the shirt collar, pulled me out of the deep end and uh, dried me off and threw me in the, sh- the short end of the pool for a change. You know, what that does, too, is it it, it reminds people that, you know, while, while what you do, like, and this is for all employees, right, what they do is – it's important. Like, you know, they're hired for a reason. They're doing something every day or whatever. Um, but the company, regardless of what it is, it's not going to shut down if you if you call in sick a day. You know what I mean? If you if you leave and you, you know, you get that spiteful employee like, oh, I'm not going to come in tomorrow. I'll, I'll show them like, yeah, all right. You know, but it's one of those things where and it, and it teaches you that where if you recognize that as an employee that, um, you know, hey, the company's going to keep going with or without me. Um I think what that adds to the culture is it adds to the value of a good work-life balance, right? So now someone, maybe maybe they feel guilty for taking a sick day. Yeah. So now they're coming in sick and they shouldn't. And you're like, get out of here. You're like, no, no, I have these, I get these deadlines. They're like, we got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's part of the culture where you say, listen, if you're sick, don't come near me. Like, I don't want to get sick, yeah. you know, go enjoy your day. You know, you want a vacation? Go take a vacation. Like, we're going to be just fine. I tell people all the time, you know, we had uh, uh, a three-day weekend a couple of weeks ago. And I told everybody, you know, because I see people packing up their computers. And I was walking to the office and I went, hey, if you're taking your computer home, it better be to hold your door open. Because if I see one email <laughs> go across from somebody, you know, I, I've instituted no email days. You know, where it's like, you know nice. what? No, I love it. no, not today, man. Not today. And and it's because I want people to enjoy themselves. It, and on the other side, you know, again, we sell in the home shopping network, like I told you. And we'll have a show on a Friday. And on Saturday, we'll have 4,000 orders that have to go out in, you know, f- less than 48 hours. I've been in the back room where I've seen, you know, 15 people coming in on Saturday and go, nah, I'm going to help. What the hell's the difference? I got three hours to kill. I got four hours to kill. And that's where you're like, man, you know, you just want to walk up and you want to hug them and just say, you know, give them the virtual hug and say, man, thank you. And and that's where I think it becomes, like you said, it becomes the, the, the organization and the mission become bigger than that one person. This organization, like I'm proud to lead it, but this organization ain't Glenn Gardone. It ain't. If Glenn left tomorrow, Red would still do good because I've got people in place here that that want to see it successful and will continue to grow. Yeah, hopefully it'll miss Glenn and it'll be like, oh, he was a nice guy. You know, they're not going to be like, thank God, good riddance. But, uh, you know, the fact is it's not a house of cards. Well, I check your uh, I check the brake lines in your car after saying that you don't know, <laughs> you don't know who's I don't know who your second in command is. Well, I'm going to put Jimmy in, the, in from the from the brake room. He's going to go up and start the car, drive it around first. And then if he doesn't hit a tree, then I'll get in and drive away. There you go. You built some loyalty that way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so, how much um, how much influence do you have over like new products and promotions are you in control of that yourself yes. or are you taking orders from the mothership no so uh, we we control we control our destiny here so uh like for instance because uh, a lot of things that happen throughout the world would either never work in the u.s okay or you know things in the u.s that we need where we're two years ahead of Europe. You know, there are the basics, you know, the milk chocolate, the dark chocolate. That's pretty much, you know, standing operating procedure across the world. 
But, you know, in, uh, in a lot of places in Europe, they have fruit inclusions and there's raspberry and there's all these kinds of things where, you know, here in the U.S. do we have some, there are some brands out there that are very, very niche and they have it and it does very little business. That, that's not what we want to do. We want to be able to, to satisfy the needs of, of our red family, uh, which is quite large. So, you know, we'll take, for instance, in May, we are, uh, we're launching our first true vegan milk chocolate and it's actually with an oat milk base now vegan chocolate is is minuscule if anything around the world but of course here in the u.s very popular so we do a lot and it's funny because even the vegan chocolate if i take that one instance i'm going to tell you i had 350 different bars that have been made. Now, everything is made in our facility uh, in Europe. So what happens is I'll work with the QA team. We'll design you know, a proof that we want, a style uh, of what we're looking for. They will go in. And it's funny because uh, I'll give you an example. So, you know, very popular out here is uh, dark chocolate, you know, with, with a sea salt. All right. And so I remember, you know, yeah. talking with the team and I said, look, we want to do a dark chocolate with sea salt. And they're like, oh, okay. And so they did the first iteration. They shipped them out to me. And uh, we tried it, and it was disgusting. It was horrendous, right? <laughs> and, I, and I called, you know, we're on a, we're on a, a call, you know, the video call. And I was like, guys, I'm not sure what you did here, but this is terrible. And they're like, well, we, we didn't understand why you'd want salt with your chocolate. I'm like, well, it's sea salt. Like, what's sea salt? I'm like, what are you talking about? They had taken table saw. It's, it's Americanized. Yes, they had taken table oh, saw man. and they had shut it on. And I laughed so hard. I was like, you know what? All right. Okay. We're going to need to be a little bit clearer. And so, you know, we went through and we'll go through easily a hundred different types of iterations of bars. And we'll sit here as a team. Uh, we invite some of our, you know, red fans in actually. Uh, we'll, uh, my team will reach out because we're pretty, uh, pretty widely known on social media. And so we'll send a note to some folks that, uh, you know, are big followers, big supporters of Red. And, you know, we'll fly them out here and have them sit down and they'll start testing chocolate with us. And they'll be like, oh, I like this or this one. I want to get a little bit more nut flavor. And it gives them an opportunity oh, nice. to see what we go through. Oh, that's really cool. So I'm wondering too, like with that, because, you know, you, you got to Americanize some of these products, right? So we have the American holidays, which, you know, I, I've just seen from like your, your Twitter feeds and Instagram and whatnot. So you're out there. Um, so that's why I was just curious as to what types of stuff, because what I didn't see, and I don't know, maybe this is, maybe there's a reason. Uh, I don't see any red chocolate, you know, Easter eggs. You know, I don't see any, you know, it, that just came to the top of my head. I was like, well, that's something where, I don't know, maybe they're too gourmet for... So for, for the kids, to eat. you know what? It's funny you mentioned that. So because uh, we, we've been getting more and more of that because, you know, it's funny. Again, when we first came here, you know, there were a handful of people. One of my, one of the first customers that took us on was Walmart. And I, I'll tell you a quick story. So I've worked with the Walmart organization for Jesus over two decades now, a great group of people enjoy them. They're just, they're good people, man. And so, uh, you know, they had come to one of our shows and, you know, we have a big industry wide show and they had come and sat in the booth and, uh, you know, we were showing them the products and all. And the buyer said, you know, I, I like this, you know, I want you to come down and see me. I was like, great, love to, right? So we set up the appointment. We go down and see him. It's myself and, you know, one of my folks on the sales side and, uh, he walks in and then all of a sudden his boss walks in. 
And then all of a sudden, his boss's boss walks in. Now, I've been, like I said, dealing with Walmart for a whole long time. You don't get three people in one of these meetings. It just doesn't happen, right? They're very busy individuals, needless to say. And so I started going through, and I was like, you know what? I got to stop. And they're like, what? I'm like, you got to tell me what's going on here. Why do I have three people in this meeting? They started laughing. They said, well, you know, our partners. Right, are- I'm about to get whacked. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I got to get Jimmy to start up the car again. But um, so uh, so uh, they said, look, we heard a lot about you in Europe. And, you know, we we're excited to see you guys come over here because you got a really big following. I'm like, OK, cool. So we go through everything. And uh, the um, uh, the buyer said, you know, I, we're going to find a spot for you. We're going to do you. And this is now I'm seeing them in September. They're going to put me on the shelf in May of the following year. And that is May of 2020. OK, May of 2020 is two months into a global pandemic. Right. And so I said, oh, I said, look, I appreciate it. I think it'd be awesome. But I'm not sure if, uh, you know, people, you know, enough people know us here in the U.S., you know, and he's like, well, you know, can you, you know, how's your supply chain? I'm like, no, supply chain's fine. We could do all that. I just want to make sure that we can get the turns because if enough people don't know us and because we're just starting out. And the the reason I bring that up is because you asked about the Easter eggs. You know, whenever you launch a company, the last thing you want to do is throw up on a consumer's shoes. Give them so many options that they look at it and go, what are you about? What the hell's going on here? So I made a, a conscious decision to say, okay, I'm going to put my best foot forward. And I'm going to let the other behemoths, the other sugared, crazy stuff, which is terrible, I know. But the fact is, I let them handle, you know, the Easter, you know, doing the bunnies and the eggs and all that stuff. And what we do is we focus on amazing chocolate that you can do every day. And it's funny because I talk to buyers and they're like, you know, it's weird, Glenn, you know, you sell really well. He said, they tell me. And then it's like, you know, at the beginning of the year when I can't give a chocolate bar away because everybody's doing their, you know, 13 days of I'm going to the gym and I'm going to do health and fitness. I can't sell a single bar. You, I sell three times as much. I was like, well, yeah, because we're smart indulgence chocolate. You know, start of the summer, people are losing, wearing less clothes. I sell more. So it's funny because I sell well throughout the year, but I actually sell in the opposite direction. And then, you know, you take like a, a, a Halloween we don't do the bite-sized candies and things like that. You know, it's just, it's not us. And so, you know, we let the other people play in that area. We play in the arena that we're really good at, which is delivering an amazing European chocolate that you can enjoy every day, whether it be with a with a nice, you know, hoppy ale, whether it be with, you know, a glass of wine, you know, whether it be myself, I like a little mezcal, you know what I mean? So it's really according to, you know, what your drink of choice is or a nice tea for that matter. So uh, I, I know maybe you won't say it because they're your competition, but I'll say it. You don't want to cheapen the brand down to the, you said the the Halloween candy or the little Reese's eggs, which you know the Reese's peanut butter eggs. You know I'm not gonna lie, those those are a, a vice in my house, right? But but I, I see what you're saying. There's a lot of um, we'll just say throwaway candy. You know, to use Halloween as an example, like you don't want to sell a bag of uh, you know small little bite sized red chocolates that are just lost in the shuffle i think what you see with yours like i mean just your packaging alone it stands out yeah you know and it, it does stand out as a gourmet as a gourmet product and um you know like you said you, you know maybe they're like oh, i'm gonna splurge today and i'm gonna get this and it's not like splurge like because your prices are higher like, they're not you know it's just oh like this is a fancy bag rather than the see-through, you know, clear bag or whatever, you know what I mean? So, but it, but it, what it does though, is it sets that, it sets your brand apart a little yeah. bit. Um, 
So I did. Uh, I had a couple of years where I was. Uh, I ran a, a t-shirt company out of my house. Um, I won't say it was successful, but I won't say it was unsuccessful. I'd say that I didn't give it as much time as I would have liked. Sure. But in my research from all this, um, you know, I I started following a lot of other brands, and you see these you know, these, uh, we'll call them gourmet t-shirts, right? Where they sell, I mean, even nowadays, right? People are selling t-shirts for $35. And I'm like, what? Like I seen the wholesale cost of these shirts. It's nowhere close to $35, right? Like, so you, you know, but you're paying for maybe the design or you're paying for the, uh, like the idea that this is, you know, like you're building a brand. If it's a, and I don't have any name brands off the top of my head. Actually, no, that's not true. I have one. John, Johnny Cupcakes was someone that I really was impressed with. Um, yeah, he's a guy from Boston, yep. and the, his story is incredible if you ever get a chance. But he sells his shirts for about $35, 30 35 But his artwork is really what you're buying because it's unique. Um, but the quality of the shirt, pretty solid, you know. But it's that whole idea of, you know, you could you could go to – you know, five below or whatever, and you could get your five dollars shirts, your ten dollars shirts. But sometimes you get what you pay for. Absolutely, you know, you know I mean? and it, we we call that a value proposition in our business. And so, what we mean by value, it's not always on price. You know, it's in that whenever you're, you know, whatever company you got, man, whether you're doing t-shirts, whether you're doing ice cream, whatever, you know, red chocolate, whatever you're, whatever you're, you're, you're you have that you're you're presenting to the consumers. Consumers look at it and say, okay, what value does this bring to me? And it could be a value from finance, you know, oh, it's a $3 candy bar. Okay, fair enough. It could be a value as an, okay, man, I'm a type 2 diabetic and it's no sugar added. This fits what I need. It could be a value of, I don't care what the price is. I don't care it's no sugar added. I just want really good indulgent European chocolate. Okay, that fits my needs. So it's really according to what the individual's value is. And I can line up 10 people and I'll get eight different value propositions on what's important to them. And so, you know, red chocolate is not for everybody. I'm the first one to tell people that, you know, we've got, we've got reams and reams of data that show that, you know, eight out of 10 people love red chocolate. There's two that don't. And you know what? All right. I get it. You know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to change. You know, and I'm going to make sure that those eight people who do love us continue to love us and we deliver on their expectations and their value expectations, whatever that is. And so that's, I think, you know, where people a lot of times get lost in businesses. They try to be something for everyone and you end up being nothing. You know, you just, you're going in so many, it's whack-a-mole. You know, you're trying to go in so many Yeah, you're trying to, yeah, for sure. Like you're trying to hit every audience when I think what what you've done is like you're you're not focusing on hundred percent like because you because no matter what your what your business is like you're never going to please everybody no that's just the way it is no you can't you, know? you can't you know and it, it's and it's really according to and ultimately you got to please yourself man you know because if you go into business and, and you found this out mark it'll be the hardest you've ever worked for the least amount of money you'll ever make because let me tell you sometimes yeah. being employee ten thousand eight hundred and four and being able to get those you know corporate hockey tickets once a year and being able to have your three weeks vacation and being able to shut down your computer at five and blah 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 you know when you are the person you know because you know back in the day one of the mentors I had you know when I was first starting out in business for myself he made a statement and it rings true till today many many years later he said Glenn remember one thing all of your employees are gonna love Friday because it's payday. You, you may get paid on a Tuesday. You may get paid on a Wednesday. Whenever there's money left over, that's when you're getting paid. He said, so you yep. better love what you do. And I tell people all the time, man, you know, if you, if you don't 
love what you do and you, and you, you, you really, if it's, oh, I hate my boss, I'm going to go work on my own. No, just go find another job. It's a terrible reason right. to go work on your own. If it's, hey, man, I want to make a few bucks and this is what I love to do. Great. You know, I've heard people say, oh, you know, take your hobby and make money with it. I've heard other people say, never take your hobby to try to make money because then you'll hate your hobby. Brother, we're individuals, man. You know what? Try it out. And me, I'm I'm a risk taker, but only to the point where I know what my pros and my cons are. My brain is wired where, you know, somebody will ask me about a program of some type and I figure out what, what the best case scenario is and what the worst case scenario is. And based on that, am I willing to swallow up the worst case scenario? Not a pessimist. I'm a realist. I'm an optimist, and I always hope for the best, and I'll do everything I can to be there, but I also want to make sure that I'm prepared. And so, you know, looking at a risk, you know, if I, t- I tell people, you know, if you're in your 50s, you know, and you want to do something on your own and you, uh, you know, put your, you know, put a third mortgage, second mortgage on your home to be able to get this done and it fails, you're going to be okay with that? Because if it's not, and right. I don't hear people say, oh, well, I'm not even going to think of failing. Well, then you're an idiot. Because, you know what, one of the questions I always ask people, and and it's, you know, like a philosophical question that you have to think about. And the fact of the matter is, on a success side, do you try to be success because you enjoy the taste of the success or or are you worried about the fear of failure? So if you think of it that way and you decide what does truly drive you, I think that'll help you with, with your journey. I, I love to see people do things out on their own, um, even if it's as a side hustle. Uh, I mean, I'm doing it right now with the podcast. I mean, this is this is a hobby right. that uh, that I love to do, and uh, hopefully I don't end up hating it, and maybe it turns into something bigger for me, right? Um, but I enjoy it because I get, to, I get to talk to people. Like you mentioned earlier about uh, like networking and talking to people, uh, and this is essentially all this is. Like we're just – we're just having a conversation. So we talked on the phone the other day and uh, it took me all of about 30 seconds to know that I wanted to talk to you more uh, just because the way that your approach was, you know, and I feel like you, you easily let, let down your guard, which made me let down my guard or we can just talk where it's like, we're not judging each other. We're not, you know, Oh, let me tell you about my business. Like you, we talked on the phone for 10 minutes. We didn't even talk about red chocolate. You weren't trying to sell me anything. You you were telling me some story about how you lost your mom in Las Vegas years ago, and I was like, that was a. I was actually telling people about that story, and I'm like, man, like if it comes up again, we're gonna talk about it. But um, I was like, you know, so I just knew right away, and that's the stuff that I want to see because that's what this podcast is about. Is just we're just gonna talk about nonsense, and that's all we're doing here today. And oh, by the way. Let's just talk about your business and how you got started, which is which is what you've been doing for me today. So I appreciate that. Uh, one thing I looked up that you have, uh, I don't know how often you do this. Um, what is the chef series that you guys do? Is this, I saw something on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You got a chef in there. He's cooking with chocolate. Yeah, or, brother. You know what? still happening? It's funny. So, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, is always asked of us, you know, the, from, uh, from the Red fans are, you know, can we get some recipes? What can we do with the chocolate, man? And so it just, it's one of those things where, you know, it just, it, it bubbled up and bubbled up and bubbled up. And then uh, my head of marketing came to me. Oh God, I'm going to say it was, I don't know, probably about seven months ago, eight months ago. And she said, look, I got this idea. I'm like, what's that? She said, uh, I want to, um, I want to do a chef series. I'm like, well, tell me what it is. And she said, look, I want to get people from all over the place 
and and give them their 15 minutes to explain how they use red in different, you know, different things. And it's not all just desserts. You know what I mean? It's side dishes. It was a beautiful mole sauce. And the great thing is I get to eat the product, which is really cool. Because, you know, ultimately, that's what I'm thinking about is how is Glenn going to get that's in the co- That's in the contract, right? I, brother, that's part of the record. I get the who the hell, sample, wants, who the hell yeah. wants brown M&Ms, man? That's, that's got tons of sugar. <laughs> Give me the, the mole sauce with the red, man. That's what I say. But no, so, you know, it's something that bubbled up and bubbled up. And uh, it has become so popular. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's one of those things where, you know, we, we thought it was a good idea. You know, and like I said, my head of marketing, when she brought it to me, I was like, that sounds pretty cool, but that sounds like a whole bunch of work. And she's like, yeah, I'll deal with it. Don't worry about it. And it's one of those things where, you know, she just put on that, you know, hat and she started reaching out to different chefs all over the U.S. and just talking to them. And, you know, some just said, you know, oh, man, I love this idea. This is awesome. You know, and there's some chefs that love to be in front of the camera and other chefs are like, you know what? I'm a behind the scenes person, man. I don't like to be on camera. You know, I'll give you recipes and somebody else can do them. So we've even done those kind of things. So it's been okay. really, uh, it's been fun because I love to see stuff that grows organically. You know what I mean? Because like, like anything else, as you know, Mark, I mean, you, you throw enough money against it, people are going to see it. But, you know, what does that get you? And so, you know, when right. you look at the chef series, you know, we've got, uh, you know, from the chef series, it's grown to where we've been able to add a person to our organization that's focused on the chef series now and she loves doing what she's doing and she gets to work with the chefs and do it and like i said ultimately as long as glenn is fed i'm fine with it right <laughs> that's it that's the only stipulation it, brother. I love it. well so what i'm going to do is um uh in the in the show notes for for this podcast i'm going to put all those links in there so if anyone listening wants to check it out i'll make it easy for them to find it and uh they can comment maybe there's a section they can go in and give some ideas of what they'd like to see absolutely what they want brother. to see you eat you know we love it you know what so, and if there's there's uh, aspiring chefs out there man get in touch with us there's all there's a half a dozen different ways on uh, red-chocolate.com to be able to get in touch with us and believe me we we love we love hearing from people you know people say that my my focus on the consumer sometimes is insane but I've always been that way because I, you know, it's funny, you know, I, I walked into a BJ's, I, you know, I love to see our products on the shelf. Honestly, it's like, it's like seeing one of my kids graduate, brother. I've been doing it so long. I, I was just going to say that. It's like seeing one of your kids grow up. Like, oh. it, it, sorry, brother. No, but it really is. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I, I've been with companies, like I said, my entire career, and I still see products on the shelf that I launched, you know, 20 years ago. And it's just cool, you know? And so, you know, I was at BJ's and we're walking to the shelf and I see the product and, as I'm standing looking at it saying, ah, that's a good looking product, right? You know, a little ego, a little like, oh man, I'm proud of my team. And uh, somebody yeah. came up and literally, <laughs> I said, hello. They went, hi. And they grabbed the red chocolate. They started walking away and I went, oh. I was like, so I walked over. I was like, you mind if I ask you a question? Like, yeah. I was like, red chocolate. You know, I, I happen to run red chocolate. I saw you pick it up. Can I ask why? And she was like, oh, my friend told me about it. And I actually tried hers. I love it. I can't wait to have some of my own. I'm like, Thank you. I appreciate that. And off she walked. And it's like, and I looked at the group I was with and I went, guys, we're making a difference. We're making a difference. And that's really, really cool. That's awesome, man. Um, you should have, uh, you could tell your marketing team this. How about a, how about a contest for, for chefs? 
come up with the best recipe, have, you know, post the YouTube link and then you guys can check it out. Then you have the winner come on and be part of you. I don't know. I, don't, I like so it. I get all kinds of ideas. You no, know? brother, I like it. You know, it's funny. We, we, we do run different contests throughout, uh, throughout the year. You know, we have, as a matter of fact, I know that, uh, we're doing one right now where if you go buy red and you take a picture of it holding the red with your receipt, we actually send you the exact same amount of red chocolate in the mail that you bought. Nice. You know what I mean? And we've done things where, you know, there's been, uh, you know, I remember there was a, a gentleman out of California. He actually wrote a poem about us, about red and about how we affected his life. You know, brother, and when you, when you talk with people and, and you know, they're, they're, it's people are awesome. Some are crazy. But people are there. You go, see, baby. Got your BJ's. <laughs> I'm up my BJ's receipt. All right, man. Because yeah, I just got some. Yeah. I will, I'm going to let them know, man. We got to get you. A, we got to get you one of the bags, man. But um, nice. You know, it's just it's so it's so awesome to be able to to get a chance to talk to consumers and just hear their stories, man, about how red became part of life. You know, you go buy a car, you spend a ton of money. You buy clothes, you could, you could, like you said, a $5 t-shirt or a $55 t-shirt. But you think about it, there's nothing more personal than the food you put inside your mouth. So when people say, I'm going to invite you into my life, it's a, it's a heavy statement, man. It's a heavy statement. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're, we're not, you know, doing a cure here for some incurable disease, brother. We sell chocolate. You know what I'm saying? So again, let's not get crazy. But, you know, when you look at it from, uh, you know, from, Within the forest, so to speak, it, it, it is overwhelming because you sit and go, wow, people are people are allowing me to become part of our lives. This is pretty, pretty cool. Listen, new punchline now. This is what you can use and you can use this. Uh, you just said it. We sell chocolate and then just pause and you say good effing chocolate <laughs> <laughs> and then drop the mic. That's it. That's it. You're done. All right. I don't need any kickbacks. I just, you know. I see you say that now, but then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a line that everybody's saying. You're like, I want a nickel every time somebody says it. (laughs) I'll settle for a couple of dark chocolate (laughs) Don't worry, brother. That's awesome. We'll keep keep you in red for your life. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Um, Listen, man, it's been awesome talking with you. Um, So, uh, like I said, I'm going to I'm going to post some uh, links uh, in the show notes on how people can find you, where they can find red chocolate. Perfect. Um, uh, And then. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know you're you are a podcast veteran, and uh, and you've you've proven that today. You got your setup over there. You got your team of people making sure you sound good. Uh, so now I have to up my game to make sure that my end sounds as good. No, go Mark, there, Mark but- what you got to understand is when you're working w- with a guy like me, there there always has to be a group of people around to make me look even halfway decent. You know what I mean? Because you know when you start with me, man, you're starting at a low level. So to just get me to like the mid range, it takes a lot, man. Nowhere to go, but that's I, exactly that's right, man. <laughs> that's awesome. Set that's the awesome. set the expectations really low, so you can always jump over them. You know, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Well, like I said, thanks again. Uh, any any closing uh, closing tidbits for you? You know, Mark. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And like you said, I hopefully people don't unfollow you based on this podcast. Hopefully they'll they'll <laughs> listen to it and they'll say, you know what? Uh, again, I, I appreciate it, brother. You know, Like you were saying, you and I spoke on Saturday when I hung up, I was talking to my wife and I went, you know what? You know, I remember when, you know, the group came and said, hey, we want you to do podcasts and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there have been some wonderful people. have been some absolute knuckleheads. But uh, you're one of those folks that I enjoy talking with, man. And, and I wish you 
only the best. I think that uh, you will be successful because you do speak from the heart and uh, you're an enjoyable person to talk to. And I, I like your karma and, and, and I wish you only the best. And hopefully when you become big and famous, you won't forget the little people like me. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Those are some kind words, man. I, I thank you so much. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for checking out uh, Casual Nonsense and uh, stay casual. <laughs>